Hello all you boss bitch wannabes and welcome to Ramblings of a Spicy Mind where we talk all things business startup. I will also be interviewing some fucking amazing women in business who are going to tell you how they got started, how they got to where they are and where they plan to go in the future. So grab a coffee, put your feet up and let's get this show on the road. So, hello and welcome to the latest episode of Ramblings and Spicy Mind. I am joined today by my guest, the lovely Kimber of Kimber Digital, who is a gamification queen and a hula hooping champion. Hello, Kimber. Hi, thanks for having me. So glad to be here. I'm so glad to have you. So I don't mess around. We don't fluff things out here. So let's start with you telling us where do you come from? Uh, originally, I'm from North Wales, but I live in Bristol these days. So um, I've got a bit of a mixed accent, but I am Welsh. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, so, do you know, every time I see you live, I always wonder where your accent comes from and I can never quite pin it down. That must be why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think um, it's weird, but like I lived in Cardiff for nine years and I started to get a bit of a Welsh twang when I was living in Cardiff because the Cardiff accent is really strong. But I think I've just been around middle class English people for too long. So I just sound like <laughs> generic English person, which is, you know, it is what it is. It's not an offensive accent, so it's fine. <laughs> Being a chameleon is no bad thing whatsoever. So can you give us a little bit of your background of what you have done in your career um, that has led you to the point where you are today? Yeah, sure. So um, I have had a bit of a mixed background. So like I've always had jobs ever since I was little. Like if I wanted to go to town or whatever and I needed bus money, I'd, I'd find a way to make the money. So, you know, I'd, I'd washed people's cars. I cleaned caravans for a while. Um, and I've always had a bit of an entrepreneurial streak. So when I was in school, I would um, buy laces in bulk off eBay and then sell like different colored laces to my friends. I used to sell belly button rings, like all sorts of stuff. Um, and so when like I did that all throughout uni as well, I had multiple jobs throughout uni. I then had a marketing career of about 10 years. I worked in like big corporates and charities and like everything in between. I worked for a Quango as well. And then I lost my job and I was in a new city. I'd just moved to Bristol and I'd lost my job in Cardiff and I didn't know what to do with myself. I was doing, you know, what everyone does, applying for every job I could. I had to go on the dole. Like I ran through all my savings whilst applying for jobs. I wasn't getting any responses. And I was like, what on earth am I going to do? And I um, I saw on Twitter somebody advertising a VA, like a virtual assistant thing. And I'd never heard of virtual assistants before. I mean, when you work for a living, you don't hear of these things, do you? No. And I was like, that sounds really interesting. They're like, well, we're looking to expand into Bristol um so what you can do is you can go out and kind of network on our behalf and any work that comes in that you can do you can do it as a VA and then any work that you can't do will pass on to the rest of the team so I did that and along the same at the same time I was kind of up my own business so after a little while it became a bit of a conflict of interest people didn't want to work with me through the VA agency anymore so I dropped that and my business kind of started to take off then and at the beginning 
like I was a digital the reason my business is called Kimber Digital rather than something to do with gamification is because to start with we were a digital digital marketing agency so we did social media marketing we did email marketing we did website copy we did you know basically anything anyone would would uh give us money for because that's what you do when you start your business and you know I did all of the traditional things we got an office I got staff um and we then reduced down to just social media and then we reduced down again to just Instagram training. And then a couple of years ago, um, I made a big pivot and people were like, what? You're you're making loads of money. You're helping loads of people teaching Instagram. And now, now you're doing gamification, this thing nobody's ever heard of. So it was a big risk and it was a big change. But I'm so, so glad that I did it. So um, I'm not sure if you wanted that detailed of a background, but it's yes. interesting for people to see. Yes, I, I love when we do this, I love to let people see that that background information because anybody can start a business and so many people have that mindset block of oh, but people like me. So someone who has, like you did, lost your job, ended up having to claim state benefits and thinking, oh my God, what do I do now? They can go down this route and it can open up a whole new world, which it did for you. So you built a successful business. You then niched it down because niching is it, it, it's the best thing to do. And you started making lots of money and then you found something you loved. Yeah. And that is what led you into gamification. So yeah. this is what you're doing now. You are expanding into gamification and, and making yourself even more niche. So can you give us a little bit of information for all of those non-spicy brains out there who have never heard of gamification? What is it exactly that you do? Yeah, so it is it is something that people are a bit confused by. They've probably not yeah. heard the term, but once I've explained to you what it is, you'll be like, everywhere. like it is everywhere. It's been around 20 years rather than give you like a set definition I will kind of try and explain it in a summary because that's the best way so every played games at some you may have played tiddlywinks or chess or conkers or cricket like a sport or a video game or a mobile game you might be addicted to two dots you might be a wordle person you might not think of yourself as a gamer but you might just play ga board games at christmas you still will have played games at some point in your life and built into all of those games are things that are designed to help you and compel you to keep playing even when it's boring even when it's frustrating even when you know the person you're playing with is annoying you and so what I do is I take those things that are built into games, those tools, those techniques, those psychological things, and put them into non-game settings so that you can get better results. So the things that I specialize in are the things that I've had experience in in the past. So uh, memberships, online courses, launches, things like challenges and um, affiliate launches, things like that, but also social media because I run a social media agency. And so I use my skills from the gamification world to help people get results better results for their course members, their membership participants, their challenge participants. And from my perspective, it's all about the win-win. So if you can help your audience, your participants, your students to get better results, then they're going to tell more people about you. And so you'll get more sales as well. So everybody wins. So I, I talk about gamification from the kind of the win-win perspective. Yeah. So that's what it is. I know it's not a short answer, but that is what we do. <laughs> nope. We, we have no issue with rambling here. Rambling is good. So you mentioned there about using gamification in social media. So that is to increase engagement, increase reach, because increasing your engagement increases your reach. So even a product-based business can use gamification 
to increase their chances of sales because the more people that you can reach on social media and other platforms such as blogs, vlogs, podcasts like this, then the better your chances of finding those ideal clients and getting those sales in and making money. So I actually plan to use gamification and I'm hoping that your programs and things will be open at the right time next year for me. I plan on using gamification in Basic AF next year. Because I use gamification in my life, like as an ADHD spicy brain, I don't do boring. If something bores me, I will not do it. So I gamify even things like getting myself motivated. And if you start looking at it in those terms of how you can use it in a different way to the standard, like social media, anybody can use gamification and get some results, can't they? Yeah, it's it's really interesting how you how you bring up doing it for yourself. So what one of the main like pivotal moments for me in terms of deciding to do gamification was when my well now husband said, you know, you don't ever exercise unless you set yourself a challenge. And I was like, no, I don't, that's nonsense. And then I thought about it and you know, in a similar way to you, in order to make myself to do motivate myself to do things that I don't want to do, I was gamifying myself. I just didn't realise it was called that. And so you can like, you know, product based businesses like, well, Kimber, you know, I don't have a course. I don't have a launch. What can I do? And social media is the easiest. So, yeah, you can do like simple things, really simple things like using a poll in your social media, creating interactive content where people actually want to engage with your stuff so that then when you post a sales post later, they're more likely to see it because the the algorithm will show them more of your posts because they have previously engaged. But you can you can motivate yourself using gamification. Like I've used it like gamification books I have found oh, are either written by academics. So they're really difficult to read um, because they're like full of academic jargon and references and long words for no no reason apart from to make themselves sound important. Yeah. <laughs> or gamers, which and they have their own jargon, their own world. So I had to gamify myself to read the books because I needed to make sure that the stuff I was doing made sense from all the other people who've been doing this from the past 20 years. I needed to make sure I was on the right track. So yeah, I gamified myself to do that. I gamified myself as well to do a bike ride from London to Brighton for charity because I hate cycling. Like, I can't tell you how much I hate cycling and I still hate it. I gamified myself to, doing, to go and show up on the day and get that done because sometimes you have to do things you want to do and why not make it more fun like why not make it into a more fun experience most definitely you see it it's it just it makes absolutely no sense that you write a book on gamification which makes things more interesting but you make that book boring <laughs> where does that logic come from <laughs> and that is something that a lot of people, not just those of us with the spicy brains, but a lot of people struggle when it comes to learning new things because if it's boring, you're not going to do it. So I've done a few of your challenges, your, your free challenges and things, and I love the way that you built some gamification into those because although I had a lot going on at the time, it did push me to do a little bit more than I would have done in the standard free challenge because <laughs> it's it's difficult sometimes you you commit yourself to something and then life happens doesn't it but those gamification elements definitely made me want to do it more so it's it's something that everyone in business can use you make it nice and easy to understand without all the jargon and the fluff 
So before we go on to what your plans for the future are, I would love, if you don't mind, if you could tell anyone who is watching or listening this to this about your hula hooping. I have, okay. I have, I have <laughs> I you're going to go story. No, no, no. I, I won't go. I won't go down any dark roads. But I would love you to tell people about your hula hooping because that is another side to your life, and you balance that with your business, which that balance is something people struggle with very much. So, so yeah, if you wouldn't so. mind telling us a bit about your hula hooping before we move on to the next section. Yeah, so that's an, another way I got into gamification. So, like, the one part was that my other half pointed out I naturally did it anyway. But uh, about, I don't know how many years, now, over a decade ago, I start, I got into hula hooping when I was in a bit of a awkward breakup with a guy and we were living in a one-bed masonette with no doors and neither of us could afford to move out. So I needed a hobby to get me out the house, okay? That's the truth. That's how I got into hula hooping. And I'd seen people doing it on YouTube and I was like, this is really interesting. And one of my friends at uni made adult hula hoops so the ones you buy at pound stores are no good okay for adults anyway um and so I got really into it and I ended up going to a retreat in Italy and I ended up like getting like super involved in the hula hooping world as kind of an escapism and I got sponsored by an American hula hoop company and I became what is known as a micro-influencer. It wasn't called that back then. That's what it's called yeah. now. Um, I've only got about, like, it's re- honestly micro. So I've only got about 1,300 followers or something on my on my personal Hula Hooping Instagram account. But what I did was um, I would use gamification to outsell the other sponsored hoopers. So I would play games um, to help motivate myself, but also to meet new people within the Hula Hooping world. And those games would bring people to my account and then they would end up buying from my sponsor. Um, So it's I mean, it's a bit of fun. It's something that I do to exercise, to meet new people. You know, I perform at Pride with a with my friends. Sometimes we performed at charity stuff. I call myself semi-professional because I have been paid to do it. But it's like it's a hobby for me, you know, and like recently, um, last month I went and worked at the hula hoop convention, one of the biggest in the world that happens in Bristol each year. So it is still part of who I am and I love doing it. Um, but I don't do it as a kind of proper profession and I don't do it as a proper business because I feel like that would take away all of the fun from it. But it, it was, you know, I kind of sat down one day and was like, yeah, I also outsold the other sponsored hoopers by 10 times. And I always thought it was because of my knowledge of Instagram, my knowledge of Facebook. But when I thought about it, I was like, yes, those things helped. But actually, I properly gamified it. And yeah, I mean, I'm still making sales now for that company. And I don't really promote them anymore. So, But it's, still, it's bringing in that, that, that's those sales because of that energy that was built up in it. And I know people might think, why are you asking about hula hooping? I have a reason. One, because I am always banging on about how important it is to have something in our lives that we enjoy and that we make time for. And that even if you are very super busy and successful, you should still make time for those things. Don't lose yourself to the job. And the other reason is niching. Everybody says, oh, but I think it's too niche. There's not very many people into it. There's you know it's one of those things that if you don't know about it but hula hooping brought you to partly where you are today 
and you managed to build this audience out of it and you you had fun and like you just said you traveled the world because of hula hooping so there is no such thing as being too niche and there is no industry that you cannot use gamification in like well this is the thing one one of the biggest hula hooping communities on facebook's got over 21,000 people in it and people are like oh you know hula hooping and they just all they think and i know this for a fact all people think when i say hula hooping is doing it around your waist like when you're a kid yeah but i don't i don't very often actually hoop on my waist it's mostly like dance moves and like multiple hoop tricks and things like that but yeah it's much bigger than people think and the thing is it's much easier for somebody to refer to you refer business to you if you have got a niche and the amount of times people will connect with me on LinkedIn or somewhere and they're like I saw your talk and I saw you reference hula hooping I know this person who does hula hooping do you know them if they're in the UK the the answer is probably if they do it a lot probably yes Um, but it's like it's a good way to network and connect with people so I do talk about it in my marketing even though people will be like that's actually got nothing to do with your business but it is you know, it's part it of who I am. And it, it all blends yourself. together, doesn't it? It's it's everything in our lives builds into our business and becomes part of us because we should be, as businesses, we are the people behind them, we're the faces in front of the camera, or we should be, if people are not wanting to put their face out there, get it done. But all of these things build into who we are in our personal brand. And for you, that that built in and it all combined which I think is amazing. And the fact that you still do it now and you do it just for fun and you don't try to monetize it because you don't have to monetize everything in your life. I mean, I I do say that, like, if everything went to pot, I could run away with a circus. Like, it's a joke, yeah. but I probably could. It's always good to have a plan B, just in case. Yes. So moving on to your plans for the future. So we know where you started out and how you got into gamification. What are your plans for Kimberly Digital and what have you got coming up that those who might see this in a few months' time might be able to take part in? So um, we have, over the last couple of years after we pivoted, we've been focusing on doing one-to-one work with clients. So we've been doing a lot of testing because I knew that everything worked for my business, but that doesn't mean it'll be work for others. So I wanted to make sure that I had kind of proof of concept. So now we've got a few of those back kind of... um, on the back burner like we've, we've worked through a few one-to-one clients now we're going to start releasing like you mentioned some courses so the net the one that's going to be coming up relatively soon um is going to be how you can grow your audience faster using gamification and the things that have come out so we did a survey to find out what people actually wanted because i didn't want to create a course just for the sake of it and the things that have come out of it are things like consistency um imposter syndrome and all those kind of things so i'm not just going to be talking about you know how to use gamification in the marketing itself. I'm going to be talking about how to gamify yourself to get more of it done. Because I think for most people, 99% of the problem isn't that they don't know what to do. It's that they don't do it. <laughs> so yes. it's about, you know, gamifying yourself to actually be consistent, to actually show up every day, to actually do the things. So yeah, that that course will be coming out relatively soon. And then we'll be releasing more next year, obviously, on different topics, depending on what I see people actually need. Um which is very exciting. But the ne- the absolute yes. immediate next thing we've got coming up, I've just, uh, so I set myself a mission in April. I don't know if you saw this, you probably did. I did, but, I did, I did see this. So like, again, like setting myself missions, things like that is part of the gamification stuff. So I set myself a mission in April to do 52 guest experts. And obviously this is one of those by uh, the end of 2022. And by the end of this month, I will have booked them 
and delivered them all. 52 in seven months, which is just insane. And it's a lot absolutely of astounding. Sorry? It's absolutely astounding because even if you just started in January, 52 is one a week. Yeah, that was what so I was going So starting for. in April, you have been a very busy woman. <laughs> yeah, I have been, but it is possible. And people, are, you know, their first question is either how did you do it or how, where have you got them from? So I'm going to be delivering a webinar. Um, it's going to be, I haven't told anyone this yet, but it's going to be in a couple of weeks time. And the sales page will go up either today or tomorrow. And I'm going to talk about, you know, all the places I marketed, but what actually worked for me. So where I actually got the talks from, I'm going to be talking about my lessons learned. And I'm going to be very honest about things that I wish I'd done better, as well as the things that worked. I'm going to talk about what those 52 guest experts kind of comprised of. So the different types of talks we delivered um, and a bunch of other stuff as well. So that's kind of the first thing. If you're like, oh, I'm kind of intrigued to get into Kimber's world. Um, that's going to be relatively low cost and it's going to be a one off kind of thing. So if you were interested in that, then that sounds like, yeah. Yes, I, I, I won't lie. I am stalking your social medias waiting for the release of that link for that sales page because I would love to know because as as um, anybody who is watching this in the immediate future will know, I am new to the service-based industry. I have done 20 years of product-based. So I am right back at square one again. And I know from experience that the audience building part of growing a business is the hardest part. Mm -hmm. All of the other stuff, no matter what struggles you have, no matter what issues you have, there are ways that you can put things in place. There are people who can help you. But when it comes to audience building, it 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 can be the thing that breaks you. <laughs> because you sit there and you think, I'm talking to myself, nobody's responding, and people give up because it takes too long. Um, so having that to sit and watch and to take part in when you launch the programme as well, that is definitely something that I think any business startups watching this or listening to this through the podcast, they need to get in on that. So hopefully they will see it in time to join when that sales page gets released. And if not, there will be links on the bios and the descriptions on all the different platforms that this is available so that they can come and find you and see what it is that you're up to at the time that they discover this. But I am really excited to get involved with that one that you are doing, your summit, and then to do the programme. I'm, I'm waiting. I'm watching. <laughs> um, so thank you so much for joining me, Kimber. It's been really nice to find out a bit of the background to who you are and how you got to where you are. Do you have a final piece of advice for any business startups out there, any women who are thinking about taking those steps into being a business owner? Oh, I think it's a tough one because I think that lots of people think, oh, I'll just start a business. That'll be easy. And the truth is, it's really bloody hard. Like, and that that doesn't change. Like people think, oh, you know, you've got all this success. You've got all these things that, you know, these managers of success, but it's still hard. Like it's hard things will still happen. So I think, I, pro I, I guess, to, I mean, it sounds really negative, but like, I think that the advice that I would give from that is if you expect that those hard things are going to happen and that they are part of the experience, when they come along, they won't be so shocking and they won't be so difficult to deal with because you will have mentally prepared yourself for it. So if you are ready to get on a roller coaster that is going to take you places that you will expect and that you won't expect that will be good and will be bad, then definitely do it. 
Um, but if you're like, actually, I don't want to have to deal with any of the bad, then maybe it, starting a business isn't isn't for you, or the security yeah. might be a bit more might be a bit better. Um, but the good days definitely outweigh the bad. So you know. Yes, I mean, I, I always say that when you when you're a business owner, the highs are high, but the lows can be really low. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and if you're not prepared for that, and and you don't know what you're getting into, it can. I mean, a lot of small businesses end in the first six months. Fifty percent have gone out the window within year five. So this is why I am putting all this together, talking to all these women who have got past those points. And hopefully we will be able to give some inspiration to those who watch and listen in. So thank you very much for joining me, Kimber. And the next episode of Ramblings and Spice Mind is going to be coming up and it will be about getting through those dark days and building the community around you who will support and get you through it. So thank you very much for watching. I am going to go and finish my coffee and have a few words with Kimber before I say goodbye. Bye now. Thanks everyone. Bye.